Frog Show. My name is Matt Brown. What's the matter with you? <laughs> uh, don't you two see that you're in love with each other? I mean, why can't you face that already? You're running around out there looking for something that's not even there when everything that you dream of is right here, right here in front of you. Now, why can't you admit that? And let's start the show. There's one thing I want you to do for me. What? Come here. Win. Win. What are we waiting for? Take this! What's going on, everybody? The world is a better place because you are here to join us. My name is Matt Brown, and I am the host of the Productive Conversations podcast. It is Monday, October 25th, 2021. We are celebrating one year of the Productive Conversations podcast. Before we get into the fun, I just want to remind you to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasting platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check out exclusive content in the world of social media as well. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProudConvoPod. So yes, today is the one-year anniversary show october 20th 2020 was when a guy named matthew brown aka matt brown started the productive conversations podcast in norwalk connecticut amongst a lot of personal and professional setbacks in the peak of the covid19 pandemic and a year later you know a year and some change a year and five days later we are celebrating the first anniversary of the productive conversations podcast it's been quite a road to get here it really has, and I have a aspiration to be a producer. That's what I want to do, and I still have that goal in mind. I want to be a TV or film producer while also pursuing my dreams of podcasting, and I always knew that I would somehow be talking in front of a microphone when I was first an a, an intern at SiriusXM, Sirius Progress specifically, I started my career in the world of media in the summer of 2015 as the intern at Sirius, learning Adobe Audition, learning how to properly conduct a radio show, but now transfer that into podcasts, learning how to edit, and learning how show business works. Thank you to the great Sean Bertolo for giving me my first opportunity in media. I miss that guy, and I hope I get back in touch with him because I definitely wouldn't be making this podcast if I wasn't under his wing and he led me to where we are today. I got my first internship in the media and then I got into TV production once and for all that next semester, fall 2015. And I went from Nickelodeon to Viacom to CNN. Those were my internships. And then I graduated college now spring 2017 didn't work for like the first six months except working at a Kohl's. Then I got my first opportunity to be a PA. And that was at MTV, MTV's TRL. I wrote that out. And then I went to a casting company in theater. And then I worked for an awful startup called Crowded. One of the worst working experiences ever. I interned there briefly. 
I was, by the way, when I worked at the casting company, theater casting company, I was an intern there as well. Then I would be temping all over the place. I was an admin assistant for a full year at a real estate office called Compass. Then I finally got my first full-time job, even if it was a toxic work environment in nice shoes. Then I went to A&E to leave there. And I had a big decision, right? Now, A&E was a full-time job of freelance, but it was very likely would be extended. I was working at Stanford after working four years in New York, and I didn't like it. It was difficult. It was boring. It wasn't for me. Though I would still go to New York City. I was dating someone at the time. I really wanted to go back. And I was still applying, and I got a job offer, right? I could leave this secure A&E job to go work at a startup and have a higher role as a development and production assistant there. After that, that'd be my fourth official PA job, and I can go to the next level, even though while I was at A&E, I probably, as long as I stuck with it, I could, um, as long as I stuck with it, I could probably get promoted but I just didn't like working in Stanford and it was really difficult. Uh, And I had this decision, do I leave this startup? It wasn't guaranteed, but if we sell a certain number of shows, you'll be on the staff for those shows and you'll have a more secure full-time role and you'll be back in the city. This is around this time, November, 2019. So just under two years, but pretty much two years ago, I should say. I didn't know what to do, but I figured, why don't I go for my dream? Still living at home, and my parents were not happy, but they said, just do what you feel like, even if, uh, you know, we may not understand, but go for your dreams. And I did it. I left that job at a and I didn't even give a two-week's notice, and I worked back in New York City in casting and development, and I loved it. I really loved working. I worked there for six weeks, and we weren't able to sell anything, and I was out of a job again. And that brings me to where I'm at now. That job ended in December 2019, and I haven't been employed since. Now, that's pretty standard for people in our industry and freelancing. I was ready to go to the next position, and I would be stepping up from a production assistant to a coordinator. And I wasn't working, but I... And I let, you know, I, w- I had the Kohl's job, but I didn't, I left it because of, I was working full time already, but now I have no work at all. Now I'm sitting home, not really that worried because I have a good resume, I have a good personality. I figured I'd get back on my feet right away or relatively soon. And it was looking that way. So January, 2020, February, 2020, March, 2020, I was interviewing a lot and March 2020, I was interviewing for two jobs simultaneously as a coordinator, well-paying jobs that would have me step up in the coordinator role. I can move out of my parents' house and I can now start the next chapter and phase of my life. And things were looking promising at these two places. I was interviewing with multiple people. I had multiple interviews. And I was learning all these digital marketing skills and digital production skills, and I was really good at it. 
And I really believed that there was a great chance I was going to be working at one of these two places. One was one of the most famous late night talk show hosts in New York. And then one was a very secure media company. And then the pandemic takes place in mid-March. I lose my candidacy for those two jobs amongst the pandemic. And, you know, not only I need to get my career on track, but now we have to overcome this pandemic for our loved ones. And it was looking really bleak. And I had money saved and I wasn't spending a lot in the pandemic. And my loans were frozen because of what was going on in the country. And then pretty much starting from March 2020 till about September, I was trying to find my next job opportunity. Pretty much the summer 2020 when things were opening up a little, there were some jobs very scarce, but I had to figure out how to pull in. And I was rotting at home. I was having a hard time finding a job. I was getting really depressed. I was having a hard time coping with everything. As the months keep adding on to my unemployment and it was looking really bad and I was having a lot of mental health issues being trapped even when things were opening up and people were going back to work in the summer even on a remote status I wasn't and I felt like I really fucked up leaving that A&E job especially because <laughs> or not trying to any way I can to get those shows shows sold at the casting startup. It was it was looking really bad, and I was having a hard time and having breakdowns. And I'm 25 at the time, so I was my thank my thank you to my dad who got me some therapy. And my therapist was fine; she was a nice woman, but I don't think she was really helping me. And I was really really I was just I was it was tough it was really really tough to cope with everything and and I'm having therapy and I just don't feel that she's and I are working out I'm not having my problems fixed I'm still having my I'm still battling my depression and anxiety and worried about if my career will ever revitalize and well I remember we're getting rejected for one of the jobs I was interviewing for back in the spring. Now we're in the fall of 2020. And I was livid because they implied that they wanted me to come in once things calmed down in the pandemic. And they lied. I remember I was so frustrated and I sent it to the an email. All I, I wanted just to write every damn bad word saying, fuck you, you, you liars, you this, that, and the other. But all I replied with was, thanks for the motivation. And then there was these two kids from Norwalk who started a podcast. Now, the one thing that did prevent me from, you know, not making more bad decisions and even possibly putting myself through more pain were podcasts. Podcasts and radio helped me through here until through the pandemic and any of my other difficult challenges. And I saw if these guys could do a podcast, I can too. So with the money I had saved with stimulus checks at the time and anything I had, I, I bought my equipment. I started booking guests. 
I relearned the editing softwares from the various jobs I had before and the job I was interviewing for in the spring before the pandemic. And I started the show, Productive Conversations Podcast. October 20th, 2020, we launched three episodes at once, Brendan Brown, Brad Finn, Teddy Morans, and I also gave my intro. And now we're here a year later. And it may be cliche, it might be emotional to say, but this podcast has really saved my life and helped me get through all the difficult things I was dealing with, especially unemployment. I haven't had a job since December 2019, and this has been my life. This has been my job. And being able to talk and entertain with all you listeners has really, really meant a lot to me. The hundreds of guests that have come on throughout the past year, you all mean a lot to me. And now we're here celebrating the first anniversary. Though I'm still unemployed, but still having a still pushing and having a will to work again it's just i couldn't imagine what my life would be like if i didn't have this podcast and all of you supporting it and all the guests coming on so i just want to take this time as we celebrate the first anniversary with one of my oldest friends to thank you for making this show possible for giving me purpose and helping me overcome the obstacles that I've dealt with in the past year. I do need to work again. I'm trying. Maybe we have some good news coming up very soon. I am putting myself out there. We do have some meetings set up. I always said to myself, if I could do this for a year, then things will change. Marty McFly said history's gonna change. And only time will tell if that's actually gonna be true, but the fact that we got to one year of the podcast at this point, that's the real win it's not a win for me I mean it's not only a win for me it's a win for you as well because this is our show this is our journey and we have more productive conversations to have and it's gonna be a great ride while we're doing it and I have figured out once I get a job again how to continue this show so it's not going away once I start working again I do need a have this, you know, I need to get some income again. I don't have a lot of unemployment insurance left. So let's make sure that we can accomplish our goals together. And I didn't think doing a pay, doing an, a podcast in my parents' basement at 26 years old would be exactly the most exhilarating thing in the world. It turns out to be one of the most fulfilling. And it is exhilarating because of it. So it's been quite a journey. So let's continue it and acknowledge that we made it here a year and we're only going up from here, both personally and professionally. So with that, we're bringing our great friend Ryan Page on the show once again. No tweet cap, no agenda, just him and I talking as if we were sitting and hanging out at the bar. And it was just a time to reminisce and talk about the good old days and the memories we are able to make. And as Tony Soprano once said, remember the good times. There's definitely been a lot of tough days in the past year. 
but there is way more good to remember. And with that, I give you Ryan Page. This is a podcast and productive conversation of pure memories and pure joy and great stories. So enjoy. Ryan Page, it's your turn once again. Here we go. This is a very productive conversation. special day here on the Productive Conversations podcast as we celebrate one year of shows. Though today is Monday, October 25th. The official anniversary was last Wednesday, October 20th. It's like uh, when you were going to parties as kids and the party wasn't exactly on your birthday, but it was around it. So I figured it would be the same thing. (laughs) One year podcast, 115 episodes. And we have our great friend Ryan Page, also host of the Tweet Cap, here to celebrate the one-year anniversary. What's going on, Ryan? Not much, Matt. How are you? Doing good on this one-year anniversary? One year. (laughs) One year ago, you decided, hey, why not? And a year later, I mean, what is it? 115 episodes or something? This would be 115, yeah. Yeah, I mean, wow. That's a busy year. (laughs) To put it mildly, that's a really busy year. In a year when most people went the other way and got less busy. Yeah, I just figured we're all given a life that where we have to dig and grind a lot. I figure that's mine. And um, I feel there is these talents and hard work that I can prove myself in while also giving platforms to so many people and showing off their stories. I'm just hosting it, but it's the guests who make it and the listeners who who support it. So. We thank all those men, women, and people for making it possible. And we have more stories to tell on this just an episode of Reflection. And it feels really, really good. And I figured with my oldest friend here, might as well just talk about funny stuff. As simple as that. (laughs) Of course, we have our tweet caps when we can. But um, I just figured that as we complete this, you know, first anniversary we start moving forward as the one of the most frequent guests on the show anyways and uh, one of my favorites to do podcasts with and it's really easy and uh like i said that's (laughs) why we're happy to have you here ryan happy to be here (laughs) one thing i figured i feel the anniversary show has i got the idea of tonight show johnny carson they'd often do anniversary shows Mm-hmm. And I love big revelations or if things have to apologize for. There's one thing I have to apologize for you, Ryan, properly. Okay. <laughs> and I'm really sorry about this, but this must have been like in middle school when rock band was popular and Guitar Hero. You yeah. and I, and I think your I think siblings was, were yeah. rocking out to a song. And I got a bit carried away. I was in the moment and <laughs> yeah, I did I the, the Pete Townsend smashing the guitar, which I didn't realize. I thought, you know, because I used to do it on my own controller and it worked fine, but went a little too hard. So, Ryan, perfect I'm, form for anyone who's listening. It was perfect form. You would have thought the who had just finished. 
<laughs> it was the, the, a, a beautiful arc all the way up and over with a nice loud crack when it hit uh-huh. the living room floor. So a beautiful form, not surprised it broke. Cause again, you really, you did go for it, but <laughs> you can't, you can't knock something that was just so picture perfect. If we had filmed it, we could have probably <laughs> sold it as an NFT. Uh, uh, the original. So, yeah. Productive conversations, podcast, NFT right there. If we can find that clip, but I don't think mm-hmm. anyone filmed it. So it'll have to just live in our memories. Like back in the old days. <laughs> well, again, I hope you forgive me, Ryan, and I will get you completely forgot rock, about it. Rock just band, guitar hero. controller. <laughs> if you still, if you still I miss rock band, like, yeah. uh, what happened to those? Like those games took over the world like guitar hero rock band like maybe like 1700 different rock bands like two million different guitar hero variants and like every single one was just like i'm obviously they must have gotten less and less sales each time because they just disappeared but like for like i don't even know how long it felt like every other video game was guitar hero rock band and people were loving it and now it's just gone yeah do you think anyone still plays like, do you think anyone still has the full kit just like in their garage and says, I'm going to rock out to a spirit in the sky mm-hmm. one more time. There was definitely a lot of guitar hero controllers and dumpsters between 2006 to 2012. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I guess it was just a big fad that. They ran out there, the DJ hero, you would think they could, there's always songs to produce, but when right, they got, just keep adding songs. It should be a, a no-brainer, right? Yeah, and they used to have those DLC packs for all these catalogs. I don't want to say they ran out of songs, but like I don't know, maybe it just got obsolete. Then they were started. They did the Beatles rock band, which is big. We Aerosmith, Metallica. Yeah, we had that one. Um, then they would have like you know you could play as Kurt Cobain or Slash or Tom Morello, Rage Against the Machine. And no, yeah, it's crazy to me because I, I, maybe it's just we don't play as many like, like people don't play couch co-op anymore either. <laughs> like a game where you have to physically be with someone to play. Like when you do yeah. multiplayer, it's online. So maybe right. it just got like nobody, nobody was playing in person video games anymore, like with each other. And so, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, they say here if, I look up, I just Googled it. There's like, why did Guitar Hero die in retrospective? Guitar Hero has a Twitter. Last time Still they tweeted active? was <laughs> December 22nd, 2017. Oh, yikes. Okay, so it's dead. It's dead, dead. Mm-hmm. Happy holidays for Guitar Hero Live. Get ready to dig the halls and rock around the tree. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just these fads, man. And um, it was fun while it lasted. And I'm sure... I'm sure anybody from any age would still love to rock it out. I bet you when we get older, we're almost there. But when we get older, once we're, once we're the generation with like kids and stuff, mm-hmm. predominantly, I bet you they could make a comeback. Yeah. Like sponsored by Spotify. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Obviously, someone would have to lend them some money because they're clearly out of it. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like they could easily get it back. Like, because I mean, we're not going to play call of duties quietly in the corner or like any other room with like our kids. Right. Yeah. And right. I, I don't, maybe, maybe we will, maybe you do in which case. Okay. But I feel like that would be weird to like sit in opposite sides of your house and like play call of duty. 
or like mm. play fall fallout uh fallout uh far cry uh co-op so like, <laughs> i feel like that's one that like that's a family game so once the parents are gamers along with the kids because we don't have that like our parents didn't grow up with video games so they couldn't mm. care less uh but like we did so we'll know what they are we'll be familiar with them so i feel like once we have kids then they could do like the family games again, because at that point the whole family will actually want to play a video game Mm -hmm. as opposed to when we were growing up, when the family couldn't care less. I mean, yeah, right. Just the kids. (laughs) They tried maybe once or twice. I think my parents did like some of the Wii games like once or twice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I I know they did like rock band once or twice, but they couldn't care less about, you know, (laughs) any of that. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe they just have to, they're biding their time waiting for all of their uh their kids to get old enough to have their own kids and multiply that way (laughs) and you know i i did some research see in 2020 the online servers for guitar hero 3 were shut down on playstation 3 and we the only new the the only now the only the only playable online you could do is on xbox 360 which is now two (laughs) generations of video games back and yeah that's 360 that's an interview wow. I'd, I'd like to find why do you still play guitar xbox 360 <laughs> yeah that's both those questions xbox 360 well, for some people hero. it might be guitar hero right <laughs> it was really like it i remember it was big the uh they had those in the arcades in the now mm-hmm. closed my three sons which is i know <laughs> just it's the crazy that it's closing yeah it already is closed if you drive by mm-hmm. it it's a it's a for sale sign and well what i'm talking about for they bought it. know, it's been purchased i think yeah with that milligan the big real estate mogul in yeah. Norwalk. so anyways yeah in Norwalk, connecticut there's a old arcade named my three sons and it's closed no one wants to i did again i don't know you'd have to you know study it but it was a big place that you'd lots of parties and kid parties and stuff. And, you know, with the way like Dave and Buster's is they took it over. No, but like, just think about it again. Although I guess our parents did have arcades probably. Yeah. At least for a little bit, like when they were old, maybe they weren't kids, kids, but they were probably like, I don't know. Someone who has to know about more about video games than me would probably need to be the person to answer this but like right. well, like the 80s right like they were all like at least in middle school or high school in the 80s none of none of my i don't think either of my parents were like full grown yet mm-hmm. full grown that sounds horrible they weren't like adults i yeah. wasn't born yet that sort of thing <laughs> so they were still you know in school but like i just wonder like with the way like all these people flock to dave and busters why don't they try their like to keep these places open as maybe like not like a kid's oriented. arcade well but make, make it like more for like a whole again for a whole family i really do th- like a whole generation of people who grew up playing video games is about to be you know parents they're about to have mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. within like the next five years they're gonna mm-hmm. have like families i just feel like it's kind of a now would be the time to do it before anybody else thinks about it because then you have it and you're you're ahead of the game whereas i I guess you don't want to go too early maybe that's Mm -hmm. what it is but i just feel like that's something that people are not thinking about because we see it like how old are some of these streamers 
who make their their entire money playing like Fortnite. They're not kids. Yeah, they're Between, older than us. They're so. like, yeah, late twenties, like early thirties. Yeah, they just make money gaming. So like, games are no longer like it's not something you put away once you get to a certain age. Like it was. So I, d- I just don't understand why they would cut. I mean, my three sons, maybe, obviously, I don't know their specific situation, but just in general, I feel like family gaming is about to make a really big comeback in like the next five to six years. But I don't know if anyone's really thinking about it yet. Mm-hmm. That's a shame because it would be cool if you could play video games as an actual family. And who wants to play Call of Duty with their kid? Like, <laughs> get over it's here so I awkward. can shoot you, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like, like search and destroy search and destroy mm-hmm. your children although it could be good therapy for some parents probably <laughs> let the let the tension out i guess <laughs> any way to make more money you know i keep thinking about this ryan how man the 2010s the odds are now 20 years ago yep and there's a legit name now to remember it the, yeah. the odds <laughs> for a long time i was like what do they call this the odds they'll figure yep. out something for the 2010s and now this is we're pushing on now two years of the 2020s. These have to change. And it's it's it's, oh, you know, traditions. This is a real time where traditions are starting to break in this decade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, turning it back with how things are changed, like the Yankees now. Right. They're not as prolific as they were 12 years. Who last 12 years to be they won the World Series and, Aaron Boone. He was yeah. trending all day today. Are we happy? Are we unhappy? Me, I'm happy about Aaron Boone being. Is resigned. everyone happy though? No, definitely not. I would honestly think okay. 85% of Yankee fans are absolutely furious he got resigned. So, so the so the uh, so the trending was likely anger then. Very much. I didn't so. sift through all of it. I just noticed he was n- number one trending, and I was like, all right, <laughs> yeah, <relax>, X Boone. <laughs> yeah, Boone, Yankees manager got resigned after four seasons of tough playoff. Well, three seasons of heartbreaking playoff losses. And they're bringing him back. And, you know, there was always that adage, oh, George Steinbrenner was here. He'd be gone a long time ago. But if also George Steinbrenner was here, he'd be canceled. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. And you can't just, with the way baseball is made, you can't just keep firing people and putting him in. It's just not a good look. And That's how the Jets I, do it. Yeah. It's Where's it gone so far? Nowhere. <laughs> I was at that game they won, though. Oh, you my first win of the season against Tennessee. Well, I guess you need to come back, Ryan. Maybe their only I, hope. I watched them lose three years ago on Christmas Eve, so I don't think I'm a good luck charm. If they had won, <laughs> if I was 100% on Jets, I would probably have bought season tickets at this point. <laughs> just and to see. New York football in general has turned into a real tragedy. It well, really has. The Jets were there. I don't think mm-hmm. they, I don't I don't think we can blame the Jets for that. They've been pretty consistent my yeah. whole life anyway. And the Giants have been consistent in the last five years of although openness. talking about memories, remember we were in New York City when the Jets beat the Patriots? Oh in the yes. playoffs. In the playoffs <laughs> 20, 2010 divisional game. It's the only time I've seen Times Square cheer for the Jets. Mm-hmm. Remember they, they, they got- made everything green too, like they yeah. put the Jets logo on everything. They made it green, like because again, I mean Manhattan, that all of New York City is really Giants, you know, territory. I mean, one time I was wearing uh, the Norwalk High School band jacket <laughs> in New York. We it was when we performed at that uh, 
God, the Nutcracker uh, thing. Abby Fisher Hall and yeah. Lincoln Sweat and Lincoln, yeah, Lincoln, Lincoln Center. Center. Yeah. Yep. And so I was just in. We were walking around New York. My parents obviously came to the show, and after the show, we uh, were just kind of walking around. We got some food, whatever. Mm-hmm. It was the holiday times, um, and I was wearing that green, the old green jacket. Mm-hmm. And it had like the old school cursive writing. I had the old jacket. I didn't replace it with a new jacket. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of looked like an old school Jets jacket. Mm-hmm. And someone actually came up from behind and shoved me. What? And then when he saw it wasn't a Jets jacket, oh, apologized, telling me outright he thought it was a Jets jacket. <laughs> I'm surprised he'd apologize. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, he was enraged. And he's like, oh, just kidding. Not a Jets jacket. You're good. So, like, New York City is not Jets territory. It's just not. But that night, though, it was everything was green and everybody was cheering. Obviously, you're about to tell the story about the uh, the guy. The get him, uh, get him, get him. Get Every oh. time. <laughs> it was like the defense heard him. I mean, they stopped Brady that night, and that's why they yeah. won. And so, uh, but yeah, that, that was that was pretty surreal to be mm-hmm. there um, in Manhattan and see the Jets get their get their uh, respect, get their love just for a night. It's, it's they, their they biggest. They ruined it the next night or the next week or yeah, right, yeah the next lost, week. Lost against Pittsburgh, the conference <laughs> championship, and that's honestly their best win of all. Some argues their best win of all time. Literally, well, compared I mean, with they the did Super- win that. They yeah. won the Super Bowl, yes, but you know. You did beat Tom Brady in New England in the playoffs. No, it's they definitely didn't number that. two. In that game, they did. And now Mark Sanchez, or oh, not this season, but a couple seasons ago, spoiler, cover your ears, he was on the uh, Mass Singer. Yeah. Did he yeah. win? He didn't. He did poorly. You know who I saw <laughs> on the Mass Singer? You know, Victor Oladipo? Yeah, that was a while ago. Spoiler alerts for uh, oh, season, sorry. what is it? Two. Something like that. Well, I didn't know he's like a renowned singer. Like they think he'll oh, be he a, was a, really good. They he think got he's fourth. Gonna, <laughs> they think he'll be a singer after his NBA career. Yeah, he was one spot away from the finals, and it was close. <laughs> he actually could sing, huh? He uh, he got he was like in the mix there with like Seal. You know <laughs> Seal. the singer Seal. Yeah. Awesome, a very good singer. Mm-hmm. My favorite performer that season. Yeah, he was in the mix. Uh, for like for real, for real. Um, and he had some real competition too i mean chris daughtry was on that season we are just by the way if you never watched the mess singer just skip to season three because you've been spoiled um but uh yeah i mean chris daughtry was in that season uh what was it i believe uh, one of the cheetah girls was in that season both two of them raven was on it but she not raven Oh no, she, she was on too, well. but she she got she got robbed. This is the season Rob Gronkowski won like a bunch of weeks for no reason, even though he cannot sing. Um he's just Gronk. Adrian Bylone. She was mm-hmm. the one who she got third or something. And Wayne Brady, he won that season. So like there were some really good singers that season and he yeah, did very well. Some Broadway names and then Victor yeah. Depot of the Miami Yeah, well, yeah right exactly. There. It was four recording artists and Victor Oladipo. <laughs> I think Tiki Barber was is technically been on Broadway before. Really? I'm about to Google it right. You know, um, the guy who, yeah, he was in Kiki. He was in Kinky Boots from January. So was Wayne Brady to March eighth. Yeah, he was on. Does he, he sing Don. too? Yeah, I assume so. I've never seen Kinky Boots. Don is that the big? character on this never seen kinky boots but i mean if he could sing he'd be great on that show no one would ever gets tiki barber right i mean 
And then here was one of the guys. Um, Jesus, this is going to be crazy. So one of the Madden covers was on Broadway for Chicago. He played the main role. I'm really blanking on his name. Um, I'll, I'll know it once the year. It's um, Eddie George, who was on the Titans. He was on Broadway and he played um, whatchamacallit, the main role in Chicago. Really? Um, yeah. Huh. Who would have thought? And I mean, you know, yeah, he's here. 2016, he was Billy Flynn on Chicago in Chicago and on Broadway. People have strange talents, you know. You know Herschel Walker? He was a ballerina. Yeah. Well, he's the one running for Senate, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Well, who see speaking of Chicago, by the way, I know you, you your only directive was think of memories. So mm-hmm. I have one. Uh, so I was a music major for a little bit in college, right? As you know, yep. um, actually for a lot of it, but anyway, not the point. So you had to perform obviously as music major. That's part of what you have to do. You have to be on stage. And so I was in like, it was like, and they had different levels of it. Like there's like the full recitals that you had to do. Obviously there's like the smaller ones that are just like kind of a test. And then they have these kind of like weekly ones where just a couple people had to go up and perform and you didn't have a lot of time to prepare Sometimes you only had a couple of weeks, but it wasn't a big audience. You just did one song instead of like four or five. Um, and so, uh, and you, sometimes you had to do something specific. Most of the time it was just, you know, whatever. But this time they wanted us to do something from a stage, like something from a, a mu- musical theater, right? Which is not what I did. I did a, a little bit of that, but I actually did a lot of other things like movie soundtracks and regular soundtracks because really? I was music business. So I didn't have to do uh, a lot of the other stuff. I was given a lot of passes because I wasn't <laughs> trying to be an actual performer, you know, like classically trained or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not even looking to be a performer, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was looking to be in like working for like a record label or working for a promoter or a venue, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did have to do it. It was just kind of one of those things. Uh, but they were very lenient. But this time they were less lenient. We all had to do it was like a cabaret thing. So I, I did Chicago, uh, Mr. Cellophane. And which is one of the songs. It's kind of one of the bigger, more well-known songs. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know what it's supposed to be about. Only seen Chicago once, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure I fell asleep. But um, <laughs> I just forgot the entire second verse. <laughs> By saying the beginning of the song, got through the chorus, could not remember the note, could not remember. I mean, couldn't remember a thing. It was like. The fact that I could say any words at all ended up being impressive to me. So (laughs) my instructor, uh, who actually passed the next year uh, while I was there. But um, sorry, yeah, it's he was in the back and he never came to any of my stuff because he was adjunct. So he wasn't like Mm -hmm. he didn't teach there all the time. He came in specifically uh, to NAS and like University of Rochester. I think he even did stuff at Eastman, which was Mm -hmm. like the big music school. Uh, in Rochester, New York. And so for whatever reason, he must have had like a lesson right before. And so he was around. So he came because he he's like, how many of my students? He only had, God, he only had like four students in the entire school. So he didn't have a lot of a lot of students either. He was, again, kind of like just to fill in the gaps, which is why I ended up with him because they're like, whatever, he's not a real performer. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so he decided to come and he was like in at the door 
And he looks at me and I just start making up words. I don't really, I couldn't even tell you what I said, but I started waving my arms too. All of a sudden I was dancing Mm -hmm. uh, because I had to figure something out to get to the chorus. And I just look up again after you know seeing him there and the door is just swinging <laughs> <He walked out. laughs> so i got through the song and then the next uh it was a friday so then that monday i had a lesson with him <laughs> and I, I walked in and i said i couldn't help but notice you caught my performance last week <laughs> and he just said he just looked at me for like a minute and then he sat down and took out a piece of music. And he's like, we're not even going to get into it. And we never spoke <laughs> about it ever again. He goes, we're not even going to get into it. You made it through the, the set, but we're not going to get into it. And that was that. And it was it was just so funny. Like I said, I don't know why that particularly, I guess it's because mm-hmm. you mentioned Chicago. But yeah, it was just the door swinging. Like like in like a TV show. Like yeah. I didn't think that could happen with that door. I'm pretty sure there's a magnet or something that makes it so it can't do that. But the door was swinging as he just walked out he's like yeah okay my one student performing can't remember you know the english language yeah <laughs> couldn't even but, do a funny dance like ashley simpson from snl i mean uh, no a funny dance was the criteria i think i ended up nailing that <laughs> I, we hadn't planned to dance that was not part of what i was doing but uh did, <laughs> i was like if i move enough they won't realize i'm not singing i don't know what i thought was going to happen but uh so and the, and the other funny chicago thing that you know Geraldo Rivera I do apparently like in the late 80s there was this big reveal that he found al capone's vault like literally and it was a huge syndicated <laughs> he's been finding TV a bunch special. of people's vaults yeah for uh the serial killer to H.H. Holmes in Chicago, also in Chicago. He didn't find him. Oh, he got I think, away. So he claims he, oh, well, he died, but um, oh. he says he did. He found like the secret, whatever of the hotel. And mm-hmm. then they got like a bunch of like contractors and construction folks. And they're like going to do this whole thing. And they get there. And it was basically, it was something, I don't remember exactly what it is. So if you do remember, I apologize uh, if you're listening, but it was something silly. Like they didn't have permits or something. So he's got this whole camera crew. This big <laughs> reveal he's going to find. He's like, <laughs> some Chicago native is like, uh, you can't dig here. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry folks see you later that's yeah. what he pretty much like, what do you mean we can't dig here he goes you gotta have papers <laughs> don't make the rules what the heck why did they keep this in the the finished product that's <laughs> funny. i didn't watch it live i watched it like later <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah it's new. so the fact that they kept that in was just crazy <laughs> to me and that's what they put on youtube so they and they have the thing right he they opened it. There's literally nothing. All they thought was was uh, moonshine bottles, huh. and um, well, moonshine's not nothing. I mean, you know, or even what it was empty, or I don't know yeah. if it was moonshine bottle. It was just definitely an old school just bottle, bottles, yeah. and um, and pretty much. He told people if I couldn't find out, I'll sing a song. And he's just saying, Chicago, Chicago. And you just see him so embarrassed. I think it was <laughs> it was watched by legit 50 million people at the time, which is huge <laughs> for nothing. Hey, Lisa oh, was like 50 million people are watching. You got to sing a better song than that. <laughs> you can't say he it wasn't scripted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely wasn't scripted. <laughs> <Yeah>. Rivera. <laughs> oh, man. He was 
he had even worse than Maury. He had an old show. Like, I don't know if you ever saw, like, he brought these, mm-hmm. like, the white supremacists. And oh, yeah. Like he, that. he talked to anybody who could pop a rating. <laughs> and, like, they had they, a true brawl in the middle of it. He breaks his nose in the middle of the camera. And mm-hmm. I remember that. I remember seeing that clip. I forget I mean, what I was watching that put that clip in there. But yeah, and this guy's still pushing to Fox News. I think he's in his late 80s. And <laughs> I mean, he looks pretty good for late 80s, I will say. Yeah. Nice work if you can get it right. <laughs> you know, something like that from the 80s, too. Right. You know, you and I were in elementary school from the years 2000 to 2006. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally between 20 and 14 years was when we were in elementary school. And now looking back, Ryan, 2006 to 2000, 2000, 2006 were insane times for the United States. Not like comparing it to the 60s, but between 9-11, Katrina, Bush, Iraq and Afghanistan war. There's a lot going on in this country while we were trying to learn our ABCs. I think it's almost better that that's how old we were. Yeah, right. Can you imagine us now? Can you imagine Twitter? <laughs> people like I'm sure people will disagree with this next statement, but that's OK. I think I've been I'm your most frequent guest, so mm-hmm. no one's going to be surprised by what I say. <laughs> but we got very lucky that 2010. You know, 2014, 2013, 2015, you know, that, that kind of area that was like high school yeah. and college for us. Yeah, most, I would say those are the most formative years, not maybe physically or whatever, but like you as a person, like you change, ho- hopefully you change your whole life based on new information, yeah. you know, learning and growing. But like you do most of your learning and growing in that time frame, I feel right. like, like the biggest chunk. And Definitely. I mean, could you imagine if our worldview was shaped by like completely by like 9-11 in the housing crisis? Yeah, like, like if we were born 10 years now, earlier. Mm-hmm. People yeah, who are right. in college in like, you know, from 2016 through 2024, uh, or, you know, high school, college from that age. Like, could you imagine if all of the most formative years were like battling with COVID and civil unrest, oh, and all this stuff? Like we actually had like a relatively I mean, we had a lot of new technology and stuff like there was definitely a lot happening. But like yeah. our big thing was like Apple. The big thing that changed in our lifetime was like Apple became synonymous with, you know, everything. Right. Whereas for other people, it was, you know, the housing market crashed and also we were attacked yeah. in New York and we were like alive. Sure. Mm-hmm. But we were, like you said, learning our ABCs and that was yeah. the most pressing issue for us at the time. Right. And you get same now we're older now. So obviously we, we're living through these times too, but could you imagine being like in high school during, you know, 2019, 2020, 2021? Yeah. Like, like my college. brother, Tommy, I'm just like, geez, yeah. that's something. It's to just experience really the like, stuff there. Like the way that's going to form your like views and the, the way that's going to form you as a person, it's just going to, I feel like it's going to make you very stressed. <laughs> yeah. And like very, very the, stressed. The, the, the election of Donald Trump in 2016 going, I wanted that was the one I was different. trying to avoid by name. I will mm-hmm. say that. I was trying to be nice to you, but if you want to say it, it's your show. Yeah, I'll say, you know, during that, at the very last year of college, senior year, just imagine 
what it would have been like in high school and or like your all freshman this year of college. Yeah. Colleges became like a hotbed for like a lot of these conversations and a oh, lot of this stuff. We got you know out just in time, huh? Right. No, seriously. Like yeah. we'd kind of done a lot of our growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we could hopefully not everybody, but hopefully kind of take, take everything in stride, knowing our beliefs and knowing that, okay, maybe I don't really like what's happening right now, but as an adult, I'm going to work through it and I can, you know, I'll do my, my part to change it and, you know, just, you know, keep on going. But in college, you're not there yet, you know, in high school, for sure, you're not there yet. So it's just crazy to think of how the times, like I said, we had that one little patch. Uh, I don't want to give, again, I was going to avoid saying this too, but you mentioned the T word. So I'll use the O word. <laughs> we had the, like, we grew up in like the Obama presidency, which is why I said at the beginning, people are going to disagree with this take. Mm-hmm. That was relatively, relatively is the operative word, relatively <laughs> calm. Like I said, a lot of new technology. Yes. A lot of, ch- a lot of changes, but there was not a lot of like, you know, upheaval. people, it's you no, know I mean? there wasn't a lot of rights going on. There wasn't, yeah. it was just different. It changed a lot. Like the world changed a lot when we were in high school, but it wasn't like, you know, it didn't feel violent <laughs> or chaotic like this right before and right after where violent and chaotic. And there was like a little calm in the middle of the storm. It was like the eye of the storm, maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's I mean, as we get older and the day we have kids and when they get older, it's just like, man, what a time we went through. And who knows what the next 10, 5, 10, 15 years are going to be like. We just don't know. I mean, the big thing, the pandemic, and I guess it's just one of those things that you just had to deal with. Like we always talked about, man, imagine living through World War Two, or you know, the, the Great Depression, someday, and stuff like can that. Say, imagine living through the COVID nineteen pandemic, <laughs> and that, Boy. of course, indicates that we're not currently still living in the COVID nineteen pandemic. Hopefully, someday we get to that point. Well, uh, check out this show the first year of this show that was all like especially the first four months i would say up until april there was at least one covid conversation even on the sports shows there were covid conversations and it it was everything still kind of is i mean we just turned this into a covid conversation look at that yeah (laughs) not a long one though they've gotten shorter that's what's benefit that's the benefit We'll just keep on keeping on until then. And um, that's what the history books are for. I think we'll have some great stories to tell. And one thing you and I were also in, we used to go to a Catholic church called St. Jerome's Church. Mm-hmm. You know, now as I get older, I don't identify as a Catholic anymore. I'm more spiritual, but I still enjoyed um, my time there, your time. And, you know, we still walk by it every most of the time. Do you have any funny um, stuff that happened with that church? I realized how laid back it was for a Catholic church. I didn't realize how tense it was. As laid back as it was. And since I've moved away, I've learned exactly how laid back it was. Um, I still wouldn't consider anything 
like funny. I mean, it was still a church, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know if anything funny comes to mind. Obviously, <laughs> you know, we were we were both in like their total program. Yeah, the youth like group. For, yeah, youth group for those of you who don't. I like people who follow. <laughs> exactly. So you, but you do all like the church games, and like there are church games. If if you mm-hmm. grew up around any church, probably Catholic or otherwise, you you know like the church games. Um, and so there was those, and that, I mean, like I said, it was a different group of people. I will say. One thing about Total that was interesting is in the Total room, it didn't, like, it was weird. The clicks didn't hold up. Like, outside, the clicks held up, obviously. (laughs) Like, where you were in high school, where you were on your sports team, Mm -hmm. wherever. uh, Like, that held. But for whatever reason, and maybe it's because it was kind of a smaller group, the ages were not separated. There was God. I mean, (laughs) maybe God being, you know... (laughs) You know, God was theoretically watching, so maybe yeah. everybody was on their best behavior. I don't know, but uh, it was that was kind of weird to me. Like, and I got to talk to people that I probably otherwise wouldn't have talked very much to for sure. Um, obviously, all those conversations had to somehow reference Jesus, so it wasn't like <laughs> a lot of good stuff, but uh, you know, what's up, Jesus? <laughs> um, Although I will say the other funny thing, all right, this I mean, this might be funny to me as I just mentioned <laughs> before, I am. <laughs> A performer, well, was kind yeah. of sort of. I don't like to say that because uh, most of the time when people hear me perform, I've done pretty much a bad job. But um, oh, so talented guy. No, I, I I do actually think that I'm I'm pretty good, but I do <laughs> I do mess up a lot. But um, that's not the point. So, um, every year for like Easter Sunday or rather Good Friday, but the yeah. Easter season, uh, they would do uh, the Stations of the Cross. So for mm-hmm. those of you who are not you know, religious where you skip this whole section, right? But if, yeah, <laughs> but if you want to learn, uh, stages of the cross is supposed to be the story of how Jesus uh, was crucified and it goes all the way through, like, yeah, a, a less violent version of Passion of the Christ, right? So, think about <laughs> think about Passion of the Christ, but instead of what well, who'd Mel, Mel Gibson was Jesus, right? It was it was Jim Caviezel, he directed and wrote it, all right? So, Mel, okay, Mel so. Instead of Jim Caviezel being all bloody, it was me. And <laughs> instead of Mel Gibson shouting anti-Semitic things to me while I did it, it was um, the director of the choir, Joan McFarlane. So that's really the only two differences um, is fat Jesus and um, less, you know, not less, sorry, not less, zero anti-Semitism yeah. from the director. I don't want to say less because that implies there was some, there was not. Um, but anyway, so but it's the stations of the cross is the passion of, of Christ. So he goes, you know, he gets tried sort of has to go on the cross, carries it, puts it on. And then have Johnny Cochran represented. He did not. I don't think the glove would have fit. Uh, <laughs> but anyway. um, and so it's a show. They wrote it. They made it a show. So in between, like just kind of talking about the stations, they have musical numbers yeah. from Godspell from Jesus Christ, superstar, and then just some like hymnals yeah. that they kind of popped up to make it <laughs> They combined the these two shows. Yeah, they combined two shows with some like actual prayers and made like <laughs> their own quasi show. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember because they said it every year at auditions too. Uh, one of the main criteria for auditioning was faith and attendance at total, <laughs> uh, which was really their way of saying only the people in this group can be in it, obviously, <laughs> which means not everyone's going to do a good job. Yeah. Uh, well, that's not even true. I think everyone always, always did like the best 
that, yeah. that they could do, right? Like not everybody's a singer or an actor or whatever. So not everybody could do like awesome, but everybody did well. Like they did what they were, they did what they could. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was always something they kind of like pre-warned us about. And they pre-warned the parents about before the show, <laughs> like, hey, this is the best that they can do. It's about prayer. It <laughs> so is not about, you know, this is not going to be up for a Tony. Um, <laughs> not exactly. Promise. Um, and so I always thought that was kind of fun. Uh, all four years I did it just because, again, seeing people who were not musical, because I was always around the musical kids. So mm-hmm. seeing people who are not musical kind of step into that role gave me this like weird, sick kind of just like a little smirk. And it went away right away. <laughs> just like, yeah, yeah. You guys think it's so easy. Yeah, not so what, easy. What huh? I do, what I do, you think is easy. Well, <laughs> I do it sometimes bad and I practice and I try. <laughs> so imagine how you guys are going to feel. Um, but it was all, like I said, it was always kind of fun to see people who are not like in music. Like, like you, you particularly mm-hmm. not big into the musical theater world yourself uh, yeah not you we're in it yeah i as so like, like definitely out of college i got more into it i mean well, out of high school like, I as did, a yeah. like as a connoisseur but not oh as yeah a for sure performer you know what i mean you exactly yeah i'm not lesson or did acting or anything like that i've never done um, even. you've always yeah. been like the technical side like this kind of stuff you can do exactly. the and like your you know right. lights out and all that but um so like but like to see you you in it and just a couple other it's people pilot yeah, yeah, Matt. Matt was a named character, folks. Um, so, <laughs> you know, after my film analysis that has taken over me and understanding literature more, I would have taken that so differently. I just trying to not forget my lines. Well, that's that's always step one. And mm-hmm. as I said, it's sometimes a very hard step. Yeah, that was I, the I main it, thing. I did it was, frequently when I performed. That so. was the main thing I was just thinking about was not forgetting my lines. But if I just knew how to put emotion in that character, actually knew what was going on, it would have been an even better performance. <laughs> but that, but again, it wasn't about that. And I just, yeah, you know, I was, I always liked seeing everybody try and step into that role just mm-hmm. for again, just for the Lent season, uh, because it was well, one, like I said, kind of in a sick way. I had a little bit of a leg up and that made mm-hmm. me happy because I didn't always have a leg up. Right. Um, but also because it was just cool to see everybody, you know, express themselves that way um, into like, and I'm not even just like the religious stuff. Like I know father Dave would love to hear like to see everybody in thoughtful prayer. And I'm sure that was good too. But, um, but to see everybody like try and like find themselves as a performer just for one night, just mm-hmm. for uh, a group of like family and friends uh, to try and find themselves as performers uh, was always kind of fun for me Yeah, as somebody who spent a lot of their, like, you know, as a kid performing, uh, you know, so I don't know. And I was just like had two long rehearsals. That's it. Well, they had the short rehearsals too. True. True. I just always looked forward to that dinner. <laughs> I really the dinner right before the yeah. dinner right before, you know, one of my favorite things, <laughs> first one, you should have won that height scholarship. Oh, I just wanted that on the record. Okay. Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> and everyone else knows that you are justified. And one of my favorite <laughs> old friend, Nate, who wish he got it, but he didn't get it. And he said, you know what? I'm done believing in God. I'm done with my <laughs> Roman Catholicism for the rest of my life because they didn't give me the scholarship. <laughs> I'm done with Catholicism. <laughs> Don't say that. He's trying to get married. <laughs> oh, he's going to have to do the other pre- route. He's going to have to pretend. Do Jewish writing. How's it go to get converted? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
And then my favorite thing I've ever done. I don't know. I've said this story not on the show, but I've said this story that one time we were all hanging out. This was even like in seventh grade. And I was genuinely like that was when I was really getting into music. But then you would hear like, oh, this band is Santanic, like Led Zeppelin. If you play that back, stairway to heaven oh, backwards, yeah. it's when we were like, Satan yeah, stuff. when we were in like, you know, eighth grade or whatever. Yeah, that was kind of like listening to the Beatles backwards, all that stuff. Yeah. So I was legit in fear. So while the group in a group with the famous Father Dave, I asked him, Father Dave. Is it a sin to listen to Metallica? <laughs> he was laughing. He used to laugh like Suto. Oh, 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 <laughs> and he said, yes, it is. <laughs> he said it's a sin to listen to Metallica. And I'm sorry. I just, I hope God forgives you that sin. I love Metallica. That's not, that's the heaviest yeah, I will go. a song about one of their best songs. I believe this is Metallica. If I'm wrong, I'm Enter sorry. Enter Sandman? No, <laughs> I mean, mm. that's one of the ones that the priests don't like. But one of the <laughs> best songs is a song called Dear God. Yeah, uh, see. And it's about like his family while he's on the road. I believe that's Metallica. I'm really pretty sure. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, Dear God. Metal and by the metal, when it comes to the spectrum of heavy metal stuff, Metallica is the highest I'll go in terms of heavy. Yeah, no, I don't listen to a lot of. Well, I don't even listen to a lot of Metallica. Metallica, and I just think they have the best name, one of the coolest names for a band ever. Metallica. No, it's Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, look at me! I don't know anything. That That's was a very problem. middle school band. <laughs> so there you go. That's exactly. I don't listen to Metallica. I listen to other things. Metallica. Uh, but, but Avenged Sevenfold, which is, I think they're similar enough. Maybe not. Yeah, I haven't really missed if you listen are much, but a I know big metal fan. Tell us at T Tweetcap on Twitter. Tweet mm -hmm. at me at T Tweetcap why Avenged Sevenfold isn't as good as Metallica. Oh, Ryan, I have another question. Why do people always make fun of Creed and Nickelback? I thought they weren't like, bad. I mean, Creed's kind of bad. Creed, all right, Creed, all the songs do sound the same. So, and it's not a fun sound. I can see that. But, but Nickelback, like, they're not that bad, are they? I think Nickelback, I mean, I don't listen to Nickelback actually anymore uh that's, <laughs> that's not a joke i don't but i think it's like a weird backlash it's so i think it's the, <laughs> the opposite it's the uh reverse justin bieber the reverse justin I'm bieber they so, are canadian also a good point i didn't even make that connection so <laughs> boom, 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 we're firing off connections but so justin bieber when we were all and you can deny it that's fine um when we were all kids especially young men not not girls for obvious reasons. Mm -hmm. We all hated Justin Bieber only because he was cuter than us and he had a lot of money. That's yeah. the only reason we hated Justin Bieber. There's no other. A there's lot no of reasons good why reason people are hated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yes, but I mean, the reason why a generation of young kids hated another young kid, you know, a young Canadian <laughs> boy, is simply because he was better looking than we were, and also he had more money than us. And so now that we're older, I mean, he's still. Well, I don't even know if he's better. Like, he's got a lot lot going on but whatever he's still probably better looking he's better looking than me so he's still better looking than us he still has more money than us but you know we all have our own money sort of we all you know have our own girls sort of or guys or whatever sort of so most guys are now comfortable enough in themselves to not hate justin bieber for being mm -hmm. successful um and they're like yeah actually he's kind of good 
You know what I mean? Like yeah. listen, it's a pop, he's a, he's a pop singer, so he's not necessarily everyone's favorite. But uh, they're like, yeah, he's fine. I can attest to that. Yeah. I like some of his music as I got older. Now looking back, there's some hilarious song, baby, baby, boy. Well, yeah, that was yeah, that's bad. But I mean, it's, it's not the, the one song, one less lonely girl. I always said, man, if only someone else like Ed Sheeran sang that. <laughs> <laughs> or something. Oh, I, I think it did really well with Justin Bieber singing it. To be honest with you, I don't. Yeah, I don't think it needs too much changing. We just he said Justin Bieber, but um, this thirteen-year-old had some crazy lyrics. I'm gonna like let me just read some of these lyrics. This okay. and he was like twelve. I mean, there's gonna be one less lonely girl. How many I told yous and start overs and shoulders have you cried on before? And how many promises? Be honest. There's no how way many tears hit the right? floor. I mean, probably not. <laughs> but um, for a 12 year old, it says here, I love you. Well, but there you go. Yeah, it says here, songwriters were Usher. It literally says Usher was one of the songs. Oh, and, Usher wrote a bunch of his stuff. And four people I just don't know, but I'm sure they're very talented. <laughs> I'm sure they're very talented. They're just not Usher. Um, <laughs> but as I was saying, the reverse, the reverse Bieber. So when we were kids, we all loved Nickelback. You can pretend you didn't. Yeah. Just like you'll pretend you never hated Justin Bieber. You were more evolved than mm-hmm. that. And that's fine. But you did. You loved Nickelback. Photograph was your favorite song. For Look sure. Look at this photograph. That was uh, the uh, elementary school song. Yeah. Video. So I'll do anything so, to find that video. Everyone got like ridiculously into Nickelback when we were kids. And for some reason, it's like, again, the reverse. Now there's like this weird, we can't like them anymore. Nothing changed. The song is the same. <laughs> the song we loved as kids is exactly the same. But I, and I don't, like I said, I can figure out why Justin Bieber, like why we changed opinion on him. I can't figure out why we changed opinion on, I think maybe they're, they're kind of annoying, the like lead singer. <laughs> and so maybe like as kids we didn't recognize that we didn't like this person and now as adults we like oh, hear this person having speak. fun yet yeah and we're like oh i don't want him to talk and so maybe that's <laughs> what it is but it's they they are inversely i think if nickelback wants to be back on top they have to steal the power from justin bieber sort of like a a, a space jam thing because they it's almost like perfectly this way as Bieber got more popular with young men, Nickelback got less popular. <laughs> it was kind of weird, but everyone our age, like all the guys our age, like Nickelback when we were kids. So there's something something there, and I'd have to do more more look into it more. But there's something there that they're somehow connected. They have to be because it's way too way too similar, like the exact same time periods that people were like, oh, Justin Bieber's not so bad. People were like, also, I hate Nickelback now. Mm-hmm. But they used to like it. And anyone who says they never like Nickelback is lying. Yeah, whatever shame. Don't be afraid, people. They're not that bad. And <laughs> yes, and if you are still a Nickelback fan, wear it with pride. Don't <laughs> don't tell me about it, but wear it with pride. Man. <laughs> or I'm someone else. <laughs> did when you remember getting your first iPod at the time, whether it was an iPod or iPod Nano or Ed Nano. Yeah. And middle school and just putting those songs on. The first ever song I bought was Boulevard of Broken Dreams. When I realized <laughs> as I got older, what a depressing song. It's literally called Broke Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Yeah, he was a sad, he was a sad man, wasn't he? Billy Joe Armstrong. When we were when we were when we were that age anyway. Yeah, didn't have a lot up. of happy thoughts there. Wake me up when September ends. That's a pretty dark, dark uh, Even the happier quote. ones weren't happy. <laughs> They're still angry. Uh, or you know. 
dejected. Not angry. That's different. They weren't angry. They were dejected. Like the time of your life. Yeah. He's not happy in that song. He's like defeated. He's like, eh, whatever. I lost, but hey. I lost, but I hope you're having a good time. Well, talk about graduation songs that are misinterpreted. Remember ours was unwritten. That song is so 2006. She's, uh, She's famous again. Really, what she do? TikTok. Oh, is that what is that is that what you do? People are dancing to her song now, unwritten. <laughs> oh my god, um, this new song, everybody! This old ass song. And they're like doing really cool dances and stuff. And so then she saw it and she did one video reacting to. Her, oh, sorry, one video reacting to seeing it. Then she did another video where she broke down into the remix. She did the remix dance because it's remix. It's not exactly hers. Um, <laughs> it's like been like a real remix. It's like a TikTok remix. And so yeah. And I think she's on the Masked Singer this season. I won't say who. It's not proven. <laughs> Feel They're the very rain. good. They've not been unmasked. But I think Natasha Bedingfield is seizing the opportunity that TikTok gave her to get back on TV. The only way celebrities from our time period who didn't make it big can by putting on a silly costume and singing mm-hmm. on Fox. It's the only way. In a world where... People who used to be famous trying to be famous again. Because that's a whole podcast in itself. The Mass Singer seems to be a nice way to get that relevancy again. Hey, it is. I mean, some people, I don't know. Sarah Palin was on. Yeah. And I'm just saying. Hey, she's popular. Make Palin 2024, perhaps. I don't know. <laughs> what about know Brendan Fraser? We need that. Well, he's, he's got, got a the... movie, so he yes. doesn't need it. He doesn't need it. He found his own vehicle. You know, somebody said if Keanu Reeves and Brendan Fraser made a movie and just said movie, movie and it was just called movie, everybody would flock. It'd be one of the greatest cinema achievements ever. You get the two Internet's most beloved actors starring in a role, movie together. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but I don't know. Bre- Brendan Fraser needs to be careful. Because he hasn't done anything yet. <laughs> yeah, he's gotten a lot of hype to not actually be in a big movie. So comeback, if this is his big bad, comeback hasn't happened yet. Right. If it this really is hasn't. bad, he's in a lot of trouble. Oh, man. Do you think the and internet think, will... But they finished filming, right? I believe so. I know they so it's done like, it. It's locked in. If he was like, hey, this is a payday for me. I'm just <laughs> happy to be out there. Right? If that's the performance he put in, and now everyone's expecting, like... A second, uh, like an Oscar-worthy second half, and he's starting off with that, and he can't change it. It's whatever he made before he before the internet found out. He did the whole thing before anyone knew, so he locked in those lyrics before anyone knew about it. And now people are hyping it up, and he can't do anything to make sure he lives up to that. Can't do a thing. He just has to hope that he acted his little heart out when there was nothing on the line, because now everything's on the line. That's a lot of pressure. If I were him, I'd be so nervous because, again, you can't fix it. The only thing you can maybe do is try and get in another movie right now. Be like, everyone loves me. I need to get another part. I need to do it right now so I can start, you know, and this one will be the real comeback. Yeah, he's so far had a comeback without actually being in a movie. Right. Like, this will be the one that's actually Oscar worthy. Oh, man, he's got it. I just want to kill it so bad. Everybody does, but I'm like, we're all acting like he did. 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> and we, not only did like, and again, be one thing if we found out he was playing a part and then everyone was hyping it up, like, oh, he's going to kill it. He's going to do such a good job because then at least you can try. You know what I mean? You can work at it. Be like, all right, everyone says I'm going to kill this. And so I have to kill it. But that's not what happened. He did it. And then we found out. So we're like, oh, he's going to kill it. Mm-hmm. But we don't know. And it's he can't he can't kill it if he didn't already. You know what I mean? There's I think a lot of pressure. I'd be terrified. I'd be very scared. Personally. But hey, he seems he just doesn't. Yeah, so far he hasn't done anything wrong. But you know, snap your fingers. Let's hope that um he makes it all because we that's all we want to see. We just want a nice, good internet story that the internet created. Hmm. By the way, Ryan, you you see any of the new um SNL episodes by any chance or any clips of some sort? Yeah, I saw um, the Owen Wilson one where he was reading for Cars 4, <laughs> or actually Cars 5. How many Cars movies have they made? I don't know, but whatever number they've made, plus one. That was a funny clip uh, to me. Anyway, um, not my sister, Lightning. <laughs> I can't use the R word, guys. Rust? Oh, no, I can use that one. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Yo, dude, this guy James Austin Johnson, who's playing Biden, mm-hmm. he's gonna be a real big star, man. If not already, I mean, can you imagine? I text you about this. This guy, your first ever SNL, first you get on SNL. That's good enough. I mean, yeah, that's great. But your first, the very first sketch of a season premiere, and you're the president of the United States, who's no one ever seen before. That's never, I've, no one's done that. It was the opener, too. The opener. And he killed it. Yeah. And he's just amazing at all these other impressions. Have you seen his Adam Driver? I've never I even, not. I don't what's even. So what's weird to me is like, he's probably our age, right? Um, good question. I have to look that up. But um, James close. Austin Johnson, he says here he's born in 89. So that would be 31, 32. Oh, okay. He's actually a little older than I thought, but like people like our age, like, cause when you think of like impressionists, you think of all the, obviously the very famous ones who are all older cause they had to become famous. Mm-hmm. And so their impressions <laughs> are all older. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like to think about like all of the impressions to our age, like again, Adam driver. That's so to me, that's a weird impression, but not really. <laughs> he's super famous. It makes sense. And he yeah. has like a distinct voice. He's very deep and stuff. Like he has a voice that you could mimic if you're good at that sort of thing. So it's just kind of cool to see like people our age doing impressions because they're like, you know, it's time now. Like here you can see if anyone can right, see. Let's go with Adam Driver. <laughs> good. Uh, yes. Well, you want to get it ready? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go with Adam Driver. <laughs> good. Uh, yes. Let's have fun <laughs> playing the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you said, the it's better now with these obscure ones. I mean, everyone like toss it. Your honor, Schwarzeneggers, who's ever the president, yeah. you do the pressure one. But Adam Driver, and yeah, it's just more of this. He got a good John Gruden out of again. Who, who's well, thinking, let me do John Gruden? I mean, we know why. Gruden will be tough now. I often, I often send my friends emails about frigates, which are warships. Don't say, <laughs> look at that. Flaming frigate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, John Gruden. I mean, it'd be really good for now, but that one's going to have to go away. 
in Dude. a couple of, a couple of months probably. <laughs> hey, but that one won't get to be back. Anyways, he could just show those skills. We love James Austin Johnson. And um, we're we're your biggest fans here. Officially want to declare that James Austin Johnson, me and Ryan Page, a Productive Conversations podcast is the tweet cap. We got your back. At T tweet cap. Give us a follow. Yes. <laughs> but that's that's I'm literally I am tuning in for to see what he's doing. And I like they've had some really good uh, guests. So far. I like- Kim Kardashian was good. Yes, surprisingly good. The Aladdin skit was pretty funny. <laughs> I didn't see the Rami Malik one yet. I probably will. So they did, they did a Squid Game skit that I wanted to watch. I have not watched it yet. Yeah, it's like legitimately viral. Maybe the Squid SNL. Game? I mean, no, obviously Squid uh. Games, but the the uh, sketch. Maybe SNL's turning a leaf, Ryan. Maybe this is the start uh, of a we'll new see. era. I think I feel SNL, and it's not their fault actually. I usually <laughs> I used to blame them. I don't blame them. <laughs> Uh, has just lost a segment of the population due to political differences. Yeah. And there's nothing that there's nothing they can do to change that. Even if they did a hard right turn and I use that term <laughs> exactly how you think I'm using it. Yeah. Uh, like they, they could start bringing in the OAN crowd to oh, guest man. host and it's not going to change people's opinions of them mm-hmm. uh there's just a group of people who are not going to watch it um and they're going to do oh, it's not funny has been funny since eddie murphy or whatever and that's it's fine 40 years um, ago now people yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and they're going to say that and that's fine that's their right not to like something but they don't actually think it's not funny they just haven't watched it since then or they've never watched it but right. they do know that it's has this political satire and they don't agree with the political satire um let alone the fact that they do make fun of Everyone, I would say. I mean, they make fun of some people more, uh, but you know, don't do things to deserve it, and you won't get made fun of. Uh, but I mean, they don't. It's not like they make Biden out to be some hero. That's yeah, an example. No. I mean, he they they play him as a you know a doddering old man. <laughs> that's that's how they do the impression, and that's how everyone besides Jim Carrey did the impression by Jim James Carrey, Austin Johnson. Yeah, Jim Carrey did this weird. I don't even know what. Like presidential candidate on speed thing, which was still kind of funny, but it definitely wasn't Joe Biden. You could could sell this is Jim. This is Jim Carrey's take on Joe Biden, (laughs) which which is really just Jim Carrey being 80 years old and running for president. You know what I mean? (laughs) It's like what would happen if Jim Carrey was the president? Mm-hmm. That was the he because he was just himself, yeah. but he called himself Joe Biden, which he honestly might do if Jim Carrey ever ran for president and he was 80 years old. He might just start oh, calling man. himself other presidents. He's a he's a wacky guy. But uh, no. So, yeah. So they're not ever going to turn the leaf like they did before. I don't think. Because of that group of people who will always just shit on them and will always try and drag their their you know social ratings down like they're because they're also tracking different stuff because no one's watching tv like they did before yeah so they're going to check like social engagement virability you know likes and dislikes and <laughs> there's just always going to be social engagement score no seriously no you're it's true it's just it's funny how that's you know they weren't thinking of that when the show debuted in the 70s and yeah no no I mean, it's just the time of the see time how many likes and dislikes eddie murphy was going to get on youtube when they put him <laughs> on TV. but uh yeah so but it's just not going to ever be like it was. So I don't think they can turn a leaf, but I do think that for the people who like SNL, it's getting better. You know, one other, like, another thing they should do really need some more original characters. I, like 
there hasn't really been an iconic original character since Stefan with Bill Hader. He's been off the show for like seven years now. Like they need um, to bring some of those if they can. Obviously, you always will have people doing impressions, but I think it'd be a real benefit to have these original characters to connect and see what they're up but to. They do try. Stuff. They just don't. Oh, yeah, they try, but they haven't they just don't hit. take off. Like, yeah, I mean, like they have Pete Davidson's. What's his name? Fred. Chad. And he's just chatting. He's like, OK, yeah. okay. <laughs> even and though it's just kind of funny. <laughs> So you know which one I watched? I'm actually just thinking about this because Dune, Dune, sorry, Dune. I think that's tomorrow. Or yeah, Dune Thursday comes out on um, soon. It'll be right after when this airs, but Dune does debut the weekend. This comes out. Timothy Chalamet and and yeah. Zendaya. And so when he Both hosted, be great. they did the skit, and I'm going to tweet it out. By the way, once <laughs> this episode goes live, um, called Tiny Horse. <laughs> and it was like one of their one of their musical skits that they did a lot of in COVID because they could film them off site. Yeah, with less people, and it's just I don't know why it's not it doesn't make a lot of sense. Actually, it's about a it's like a clay horse, but it's alive and it, it becomes the president, goes to college, like cures a disease. It's very weird. Uh, he sings it. Timothy Chalamet sings the song about this tiny horse, and I just love that skit. So much, mm-hmm. but it was like the only skit I ever like. When I think about like the last three years of SNL, it's like one of the only skits I think of. I mean, <laughs> and I went to so and I went to SNL, yeah, in the last three years, and I I remember that skit before I remember even the best skits from the episode I went. <laughs> and I mean the Beyonce the Beyonce skit was very good. The one that we saw, the hot ones, yeah, with that was pretty. Maya good. Rudolph. I really liked that one. Yeah, my Rudolph. She won an um, Emmy for that episode. So we're at an Emmy winning episode. I know. <laughs> but um, but I also didn't think it was that strong an episode. <laughs> yeah, they, they they she really hit the critics on that one. She hit somebody yeah. in the right bone at the right bone. But the like I said, the well, Beyonce it was tough was, TV, anyways. But yeah, the Beyonce was good though. Like that was that was maybe that won it. <laughs> Very, won the schedule. She put it on her in her tape that she submitted. Maybe she did because that was very good. I, I rewatched it when I got when I got like home or the next day rather than Sunday. <laughs> uh, watch this again. I, oh, I thought it was funny. I wanted to see how it looked like yeah. on camera and not like in person. But so, but I, I also I also like uh, ego, and I can't say her last name, and I apologize. Yeah, I know who um, it is, but Ego, though, on the show. But she had an original character. I hope they use it more, uh, the mm. Edith. Yeah. Uh, oh, they used it twice because they put it in, like, it was a joke for, like, that one skit where everybody had the ridiculous names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when they did one of their rap songs, everyone started start going, Edith Puthy. <laughs> and then she just <laughs> went into a rap. And so now she's a rapper. Uh, it's a rap character. So I hope they just find ways to put that name or that character into just a bunch of skits. And it, it'd be different because usually a recurring character has one bit and yeah. they do it like, you know, Gumby or... Uh, Stefan, right? Mm-hmm. But to have them like it's like to have the one character appear in multiple different types of skits. Yeah, I think would actually be kind of funny. Uh, like it's like an alter ego, um, kind of like how Leslie Jones, although she wasn't a alter ego, she was just herself. Yeah, like how she really just played Leslie Jones in the skits. But hey, that's and, always but it was fun funny. too, <laughs> right? She was, she's just funny. So I hope they do that. Like uh, they start doing more raps. 
because uh, she's very good. She's very good at the rap stuff. Yeah. Like she did the one with Megan Thee Stallion about the mm-hmm. bottom of your face. Mm-hmm. That one was really good. Actually, I, all of the rap stuff, all of the music stuff, rather, stuck with me the last two seasons. That's mm-hmm. the stuff that I liked the best, except for our episode about the NFTs, which wasn't bad. I just didn't care. Yeah. Uh, I think those are all great. You know, with what they were able to accomplish, even with those shows, especially in the heart of pandemic. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact to that it is awesome. Yeah. And, you know, again, just always shows the genius of Lauren Michaels. And yeah, that's why as long as he's there, the show will always have a pulse. But if you enjoy that when he decides to no longer do the show, will it just end? I bet or you Tina Fey takes it? over. Think so? He becomes the executive producer. Yeah, that's Tina my Faye guess. specifically or just another yeah. alumni? Tina Fey specifically. I mean, she's not really doing much anymore. She's accomplished everything in the comedy world. Why not, you know, take this, get a nice paycheck and show your genius even more that way? That's my guess. A, I mean, I don't know, because I really like Jost and Shay, but they should go they should go back to having a, a man and a woman on a weekend update i would like that too i think it'd be funny but you, you don't want to split up when, yeah when whenever Colin they feel like leave eventually whenever they feel like not doing it bring it that see what see a nice new team colin Joseph like will leave that. eventually because <laughs> his his wife is just buku rich so yeah scarlett johansson i mean remember that thing although she I- lost a bunch to disney <laughs> oh, that whole thing. Don't touch but, the mouse. <laughs> you mess with the mouse, you get the horns. Oh, and in watch when they make black spoiler, if Black Widow, the next the next movie, she all somehow dies all of a sudden. We you wrote this. Oh, in she did. Me? She died. Oh, I haven't seen already. Black Widow they yet. killed the black. They already, even before all this, they killed Black Widow. Oh, so they don't man. have to deal with her ever again. She's out. So I guess they they knew they knew something was up. Huh? They they literally planned it perfectly. They don't need her at all. She has no leverage. <laughs> <laughs> well, but also back, I sent you that article about SNL. How they think a lot of the cast members are staying for just because there's not a lot of other work opportunities out there for comedic actors. Ghost was in Tom and Jerry. <laughs> well, that's he has to Sorry. stay for another wow. five years. Why <laughs> <laughs> that's a real movie that was really made by real people it. and um that's why he john said Lang- john uh Languizimo or Languizamo was in it <laughs> so i guess that's uh again why he's still saying a weekend update <laughs> tom jerry tom and jerry didn't exactly transform careers not like uh jason sudeikis and ted lasso or oh, yeah um, who would have thought that bill but... bill Hader and and barry which they, that's kind of been the they need to bring that. Too. They really need to bring that. That would show if they ended it, it ends on a cliffhanger. That could not happen. That would be, in fact, one of the darkest ways to end a series. <laughs> like that would be the darkest ending again. Spoiler: a series ever, yeah. Where the main character just goes on a killing spree. The end. <laughs> oh, it's like some messed up foreign film. Yeah, this is they, they, this is. This was at least before the pandemic. I think it was 2019 now. <laughs> Pretty much 2022 is around the corner. So to figure out something. What happened in the last three years, Barry? So I feel, I feel like for the, for like Jost and Che in particular, mm-hmm. and I don't know how SNL would feel about this, but they don't need SNL to do their show. They could just, they could steal Weekend Update. They just do Weekend Update on like HBO or something. Yeah. They go over there or Apple or whatever. Like, yeah. They could eat 
everyone would be interested in that and they could easily do it. Yeah, I think they would have a legit audience. So, I, but I, I, maybe it's because like they wouldn't want to mess up what mm-hmm. SNL has going on. Yeah, it'd be kind of hard if you did a news commentary show. This is a weekend update. This is update of the weekend (laughs) or something like that. (laughs) But uh, I feel like they could easily do it and they could definitely fill more time than they get on Saturday. Yeah. And one fun fact. They could fill longer time. They started the the reason why Weekend Update was created way back in the 70s said if the show did bad or hosted awful, they always have that to fall back on. Oh, yeah. That was like the hit no matter what. Yeah, so yeah, I do think there's. I it think, might be why all of the big stars come out of Weekend Up. You ever noticed that? Yeah, right. You know, all of the big stars from SNL, with a couple exceptions, like I would say, well, Eddie Murphy, um, hmm. but also Pete Davidson. He's, I would say, he's a star at this point. Oh yeah, he's definitely the most recognizable name in the cast right now. With, part of that is. Ariana Grande, but also, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was never Weekend Update. Like, he's been on it, but he's never. Yeah, he definitely was. showcased a lot of his skills on Weekend Update. But, um, but um, yeah, you see. notice, like, Chevy Chase and Bill Murray, uh, Tina Fey, Jimmy Fallon, Amy, Amy Poehler, Seth Meyers, even on his show. Well, that didn't work, but he tried. <laughs> hey, it's still on the air, so might as well. <laughs> Better than my show. <laughs> non-existent <laughs> and then but yeah that's a good point norm mcdonald rested peace the best to ever do it there uh, and um it shows unless the like you said the except exceptions your will ferrell's adam sandler's who just did great characters and impersonations yeah that's where they mostly come from and um at the end of the day it's still just as iconic and they are as all ever. impressionists aren't they again pete davidson being a big <laughs> Exception. Yeah, pretty much. But again, they he had that Ariana Grande boost. <laughs> Will Ferrell's Will Ferrell was great impressionist. He did Bush. Yeah. yeah. No, they were and again Eddie Murphy. <clears throat> they weren't yeah. necessarily impressions. Some oh, they were impressions. Yeah, he did like James Brown, which is good and stuff. Yeah. He also had original characters. Uh, uh, yeah, but they all did the voices. The voices. Maybe I should say voices. Voices are different than impressions. Yeah. They you weren't know, all real people, but they they all Adam Sandler, Eddie Murphy, and Will Ferrell all acted in someone yeah. else's voice, like Opera Man, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Mister Rogers Neighborhood. You know, it's funny. Segments. Always funny about Mister Rogers' Neighborhood when he came back. Gentrification. And- Gentrification. <laughs> this shitty apartment's worth five million dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that really is bizarre. <laughs> You know, in fact, I'm gonna watch that once I've done there. It just shows his brilliance, man. He's he's good. Do you watch the movies that made us on Netflix? I haven't yet, but that's None literally my type of show. Yeah, I haven't seen. You've any never watched of a single them. episode. <laughs> never seen there's three whole episode. seasons. This yeah. could take up the rest of your month, but you should watch there's it. Some, there's some good stuff. That's my type of show. I mean, I'm gonna read it off real quick. I mean, we're getting close to the time, so maybe we shouldn't be <laughs> listing off movies from Netflix. But whatever. This is this you is just the quickly type of read show them we all. run. Yeah, yeah. I just finished season three um, today, actually. What do they I have? RoboCop. I watched today, but um, you ever so see season, RoboCop? The yeah, movie? but very underrated movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. Uh, so season one is Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. Home Alone. Yes, Ghostbusters and Die Hard. That's it. Four movies, 
right? All all iconic classics. Well, that's that's kind of the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, season two, Back to the Future, which is a really good episode mm-hmm. uh, of that particular show. Uh, Pretty Woman, another good episode. Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park and Forrest Gump, again a four a four, and then season three, more than four. They're down to like seven, I think. Ooh. But season three, Halloween. Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. So let me know if you're catching the theme. Uh, aliens. Uh, but aliens, then it goes, not Alien, Aliens. Aliens, yeah, it's the sequel. This is the only mm. time they did this, by the way. Usually it's like the first thing, yeah. you know what I mean? But Aliens, the sequel, is the one they wrote, wrote about. It's crazy uh, how but, different of those. Those are completely different movies. Mm-hmm. But also then RoboCop. So oh, they leave the Halloween behind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Coming to America. Yeah. So speaking of Eddie Murphy, was on that one. And then Nightmare Before Christmas and Elf. So two different holiday movies uh, are also currently on season three. Now, I will say Elf came out like in the middle. Mm. Elf was not actually retconned Elf into season three. Uh, it came out <laughs> last Christmas, but they didn't know where to put it. So for a while they had figured the out holiday right movie. So for a while they had the holiday movies that made us. Mm-hmm. They just had up there and then they just deleted it and put it on season three of the movies that made us. But no, like, again, really, really, really good. And you can watch it in any order. doesn't really matter. Yeah. And they just, just pretty much give a, like best. a respect retrospective of how these films were made. Big featurettes. Yep. <laughs> All right. I'm definitely going to let you know how that goes. And this last two questions, a very quick one is Die Hard a Christmas movie. Well, do you watch it at Christmas? No. But it, I could see yeah. why. <laughs> then no. If you do, if you watch Die Hard and Christmas movie, then yeah, it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> do you watch Die Hard at Christmas? You could. I have. Yeah. I have. <laughs> yeah. One of the best villains of all time, and one of the best ever lines in a hol- in a movie involving Santa. Ho, ho, ho. No, it's uh. I mean, in terms of, is it a Christmas movie? Uh, I mean, if you watch it at Christmas time and that's part of your Chris- Christmas movies are the movies you watch at Christmas. I mean, it's like it's the tradition. Like, that's what makes it. Christmas. I mean, yes, there are movies that are explicitly about Christmas. I understand that. But like if you never watch the Polar Express, yeah, it's a Christmas movie. But like you don't you don't think about that and think about Christmas. So if you think about Christmas and what you and your family or your friends do every Christmas and Die Hard is in that mix somehow. If you're baking gingerbread and watching, you know, yippee Kaye, uh, <laughs> then yeah, Christmas movie. Yeah. I don't usually, but I don't, I've only ever seen it like twice. So mm-hmm. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. And is a nightmare before Christmas, a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie? I watched that one at Christmas time. Ooh. That causes big um, debate amongst like, the hipsters. But it's not like, you know, I don't watch that on like Christmas Eve. <laughs> but I don't. So like I watch horror movies almost exclusively all October for Halloween. Like that's when I watch most of the horror movies. And I mm. rewatch the classics, obviously the ones that I like the best. But I also try and watch ones I've never seen before. Yeah. Uh, like this year I watched a really mm, gross movie but it was very good called it follows i'm not recommending it because it is very gross uh, it follows obviously the sequel to it no oh it's Damn. not yeah uh, i won't get into i always get i always podcast. get confused with those 
Yeah, no, there's it and it volume two. So there is a sequel to it, but uh, they just call it it volume two, but it follows different movie. Um, I liked it, but it was gross. They so could, they couldn't alive. just pick another name. You'd, you'd think that they would be confused. So it was weird. So it, the movie, the villain of it is Pennywise, the clown. There's like a name. Whereas in this movie, it is what they call the monster. They do not name the monster ever. It's just it. So it's here, like meaning the monster. Um, Mm -hmm. So that's again, that's why they went with it follows because they literally just call it it. But um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, seek it out if you're okay with gross stuff uh, with kind of a gross movie. Because it is an interesting concept, and it's pretty decently done. Uh, it's like kind of like a bloom housey feel to it. It's mm-hmm. not bloom house, um, but yeah. So I watched a few new ones. Yeah, um, can I also say it follows the critical consensus from Rotten Tomatoes? It said, and it let me tell me if you agree with this. Smart, original, and above all, terrifying. It follows is a rare modern horror film that works on multiple levels and leaves a lingering sting. Yeah, no, I think I think it worked well. I again, I enjoyed the movie, but I wasn't prepared for it to be as gross as it was. Um, like mm-hmm. I said, because when you think of gross in movies, you're usually thinking gore, and there was plenty of gore as well. Um, but it's weird because you also think of like '80s gore, yeah, like Friday the Thirteenth. I when I think of gore, looking the the peak of gore for me is Midsummer. That was horror, disturbing. I never saw Midsummer. That is a horror movie you have to try. Especially, I'd love to hear your take on it. But um, so, yeah, it was just gross, huh? Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a couple of scenes either. It's not all of the movie. The concept lends itself to be gross, too. I will yeah, say. Yeah, and if, yeah. I, I'm, I'm assuming you're reading the concept right now. Yeah, it says here, Jamie J. Height, a 19-year-old costume is pursued by a supernatural entity after a sexual encounter. Right. So I want I, I don't give any more away, but I will say the concept and you can kind of get a hint at it from there. The concept lends itself to be gross. Yeah, that's... So I probably should have. I probably should have mm-hmm. known. Um, and it's not as gross as you probably think it is based off of that title or about based this. off of that reading. Um, but it, there are some gross out parts. Um, yeah, there's some there's some big analysis here. There's a big analysis page and everything starring. It's a good movie. Me, Maika Monroe. Well, you know, horror movies never really get huge names, but um, <laughs> there's somebody here named Lil. Oh, I thought that said Lil Seppi, but it's Lily Sepp. I also saw for the first time ever uh, the thing. Really? The uh, the Kurt, the uh, yeah, John Carpenter version. Isn't that an awesome movie? Talking yeah. about 80s gore. Yeah, that was a good movie. Kurt Russell, what a badass movie. Yeah, so that was the first, this year's first time I watched that. So like I said, like Mike to be a nice mix. And of course I watch, I always watch. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I always watch the original Halloween. And so, like I said, I don't fit Nightmare Before Christmas into my October. That's all I'll say. Is it a Christmas movie? I don't know. But I don't watch it along with all the other Halloween movies that I watch. So I guess Mm. if I have to pick, if I'm putting it in a lane, it is a post-Halloween movie. Okay. Fair. Good one. And Ryan, the last thing, the last point. There's a big John Carpenter movie you have to see. Like, this is a must, Ryan. Have you seen They Live? No. You know who stars in this iconic classic? Horror movie, I assume. But no, it's more sci-fi. I mean, sci-fi horror. More like sci-fi action. But you know who stars it? 
Roddy Roddy Piper, and he's fucking awesome in it. Oh, I've heard I've heard of this. Yeah, dude, you gotta I've see this. It. It's a really fast watch too. It's only ninety minutes. It's one of my favorite. Oh, it's on Peacock too. Okay, it's one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all. It might actually be my favorite, and it's like really deep themes, and it just looks spectacular. And it stars Rowdy Roddy Piper in his prime. Man, I miss Roddy Piper. Oh, Seriously. Keith David's in it too. Yeah, Keith David, who killed it in um the thing. What a great voice that guy has. And yeah, dude, you have to watch They Live. I mean, that I need to hear your take on that. I mean, oh my goodness. And pretty much any street art has been influenced over the last like 15 years. I live. Yeah, it's 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 really fascinating. It follows an unnamed difter who discovers drifter, yeah. the drifter who discovers through special sunglasses that a ruling class of aliens concealing their appearance and manipulating to consume breed to, to consume breed and conform the status quo the status quo via subliminal message in the mass media. So Uh-oh. <laughs> Man, we're giving we're giving a very 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 dangerous movies. <laughs> A platform here oh. in the wrong in the modern day context. There's a lot of people who will take that movie the wrong way. <laughs> it is a movie. It is not meant to be historical. It's, fa- not, it's not meant real. to be a historical document. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not real. But Roddy dude. Piper is starring in it. He is not actually a wander. He is a professional wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you again. This is his peak. This is when he was fighting Hulk Hogan size. So. You definitely have to let me know when you see that. I mean, and it has probably one of the greatest fight scenes of all time. Of course. Mm-hmm. Don't book Roddy Piper unless you're trying to book a fight scene. Yeah. No, sp- mm-hmm. no spoilers. No, no spoilers. spoilers. It's late but, anyway. Don't yeah, spoil it. Exactly. I'll, watch that. I'll that. watch that tomorrow. Let me know what you think. But anyways, Ryan, it's great to have you as always to celebrate the one year anniversary. Great to be here. Just reminiscing about the good times. Next time we have you, we'll definitely do a tweet cap. And um, thanks again, Ryan. We appreciate you a lot. Could have do it without you. Thanks, Matt. Have a good night. Have a great night, Ryan. Thank you. Great, 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 great job, Ryan. You never fail me. You're one of the few people I can truly count on 110% of the time. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you, bro. I really appreciate you. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the Productive Conversations podcast on all podcasts and platforms and YouTube. And don't forget to check out exclusive content regarding this show on ProductiveConversationsPodcast.com. And don't forget to check us out in the world of social media. We're on Instagram at Productive Conversations Podcast. We're on Twitter at ProdConvoPod. We're on TikTok at Productive Conversations. Well, that will wrap up today's show. It's been, again, quite the last few days, but we're here, we're fighting, and even when things feel like they're crashing on you and you feel like you're alone, you're not. Ask for help. Keep pushing. It's going to be okay, everybody. It's going to be okay for me, too. I can remember that as well. But we're not giving up. And we're going to start this new chapter one way or the other. That's the main goal of today, just to start a new chapter. And I have a feeling we will. And it's thanks to you, the greatest fans and listeners in the world, for making it all possible. I love all of you. 
You mean a lot to me. So with that, we're back on Thursday. We're going to switch it up and talk about some football again. So we have the Productive Conversations football crew coming. And you know we're going to have a lot of fun with it. So I'm glad to talk football after this very big, wholesome, and even sometimes emotional one-year anniversary of the Productive Conversations podcast. But we here. Now let's get to the second anniversary. And let's make sure that this upcoming year was better than the last. And we're going to keep growing and growing and give you one of the best podcasts ever. Simple as that. So with that, my name is Matt Brown. I'm the host of the Productive Conversations Podcast. I'll see you Thursday. Love you all. Peace.